Hi, this is Doug Manch, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 274. You're with your high pressure country, Ray, and uh, we've got a, a follow-up on our reaction review to the first episode of the TV show, uh, and I'm very excited to have basically a lot of a Looney feedback, but also uh, the Loonies here on on the podcast to uh yeah to to share our thoughts so joining me uh for the first time is a a, a fellow podcaster as well can i say a rapper too uh a huge moon Knight fan he's frank the tank frank the tank dukes uh patroni frank uh, welcome welcome to the show thank you thank you for having me definitely i'm honored to be here oh. Always, always happy. Always glad to have some loonies to, to chat about, especially a TV show. So uh, this should be quite interesting. Keen to get your thoughts too. Um, also as well, you would have heard him before. Uh, another, you know, well-versed musician. Uh, you've heard his name every episode or thereabouts. It's Drew Turntable. <laughs> Tomes. Drew, how you going, my good man? I'm good, man. Great to be back. Uh, yeah, it's always good to have you back, Drew. I know that you're absolutely pumped uh, about the TV show and, of course, Moon Knight. And rounding off our little panel for this discussion is none other than the, the power, power of Chad. Chad, 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 Chad. Chad, how you going? How you going? I'm Peachy Keen, Ray. How about you? I'm Apricotty Keen. Apricotty. Um, yeah, peachy snapsy keen. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway, uh, we are all here, loony listeners, to talk about the goldfish problem, which is episode one of the TV show. It came out last week. We've got a new one coming out this Wednesday. Uh, what we'll do is that we're basically just going to share our thoughts. Uh, you've heard Rebecca and my thoughts in the reaction episode. I wanted to hear what um, what all the other fans as well uh, were thinking of this show. So uh, invite invited Frank and Drew and Chad over. And, and the idea is every week uh, after a reaction episode, we'll have a panel discussion where we'll go through loony feedback as well as have uh, other loonies on the show as well to share, you know, this awesome, awesome time that is a, you know, being a Moon Knight fan. Um, so, yeah, before any of that, of course, sorry, guys, you'll have to kind of sit through the admin. Um, a big thank you to the Patronis, such as uh, a couple of the guys here. Uh, a big thank you to all the Patronis for, for supporting the show. Uh, you're you're fantastic. Uh, it really does help the show. It's, it's enabled me to upgrade StreamYard. So I've got a few other bells and whistles to play with. Um, but yeah, a huge thank you to everyone. A big thank you to Drew Toombs from Toombs uh, and Lurk Music. Go check out Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Fantastic music, Drew. I was um, I was using your music to to read comics the other day as well. That's uh, that's the best news. I'm glad it worked. It is oh, it's fantastic. Uh, and uh, and Frank the Tank Dukes. I'm gonna have to 
gonna have to listen to some of yours <laughs> hey if you ever need an intro or anything or any kind of you know whatever let me know oh. i'll do one oh. like a moon night loonies know that i'm uh i'm a stingy and, and a suck of freebie so i'll put my hand up for that <laughs> for sure for sure um so a big thank you to the luxury drew as well as daniel doing uh from fringe night um uh erie pennsylvania's very own uh superhero and uh clz comics from collectors.com and dreamland comics from schoenberg illinois and uh and dukes we've got a um, as you are one of the top tier patroonies as well um if there's anything that you'd like to you know share or plug um maybe we'll have a discussion uh, after the show and uh yeah definitely keen to add you on as a as an official sponsor for the show too all right definitely That'd excellent awesome. excellent well <clears throat> without any further ado we've got heaps of comments i'm just going to throw us into our into our segment which is basically a moon and stars Okay, so what was that, Drew? I well, said I hadn't seen any of these animations yet. These are great. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Cool. Big plug, <laughs> big plug to CMK Seven. Beep boop, beep boop. Um, yes, fantastic. Uh, let's kick it off. I don't know who to start with. I'm just so excited. Uh, how about the newest loony on the show, Frank the Tank? Um, yes. The goldfish problem. Where do you want to start? What What was your overall impression of it? Did you enjoy this first episode? I, I personally enjoyed it, but my 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 fear was that new people that are new to Moon Knight might not uh, have been captured or captivated from that first episode until the end. The end, kind of like you know, it was kind of slow, but mo most a uh, series starts slow, so I understand that. But um, me, I liked it. But um, I, I was fearing that someone that's never heard of him and wanted to check it out and they just saw this guy kind of like like a wimp the whole time. They're like, this guy's <laughs> nobody, you know. I was yeah. worried about that. That was my first impression. But then I went back and re-listened to and re-watched it over and over. And it grew on me. And I, and I was like, you know what? Actually, it's a good first um, impression. Um, as long as people give a chance to the end, at least to. But um, it's overall, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's actually a good starting point as well. Um, uh, Drew and Chad, what did you think of this this big change to uh, like a geeky Stephen? Uh, like it, it would get that was one of our pointy ends uh, that Rebecca and I discussed. I guess it would um ruffle some feathers for some comic book fans. What, what did you make of it? I mean, I, I personally loved it because um, I had, a, I mean, we all knew months ago when they started teasing it that he was clearly not a rich dude living in New York. And I don't know, I they made his character so endearing and relatable. I just don't know with every other, you know, Tony Stark and, and Bruce Wayne out there right now, if he had been the traditional rich uh, Stephen Grant, I don't know how many people would have really given a shit to stay around until the end. Um, they would have just wanted the action right away. And yeah, I don't know. I, I can get into it later, but me and a couple of friends have a really fun theory that the show is going to eventually get to a point where he will become the rich Stephen Grant, but it's going to be this this dweeby, nerdy version of Stephen learning how to be rich. And I think that would be wildly entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Chad, how about you? I could completely see how that could be the case, but I'm 
it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I really enjoyed watching the performance. Don't get me wrong. And it was a great performance, but it just didn't feel like Steven and okay. that, yeah. that hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it's something that you, I mean, you in general um, would have to slowly acclimatize towards. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, like uh, people have been saying as well that it's a good introduction in the sense that um, he's a lot more relatable than say a Merc um, or, or yeah. a billionaire for the people that watch. Uh, so, I mean, I don't want to, again, just share my thoughts because it was on the previous episode. So I'm just trying to think of what um, was out there as well, what other people were thinking, but um, potentially that was the strength of it. You know, that people. Yeah. Noel said, Noel said something in, on Facebook the other day in response to one of my comments that I really vibe with we were, we were talking about how it was a really wonderful introduction to that character and a way to make you feel for him. Um, because if you look back in the comics, with the exception of certain runs, like there's not a lot of times you were given a reason to feel bad for Mark Spector or to feel bad for Stephen Grant. Like mm -hmm. we do because we read all of it and he's like our guy. But for new people, if they saw like the traditional Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, it's not necessarily likely they'd latch on to caring about him that much. Yeah, that is true because, like, when it comes to making characters, like, I do cartoonist, like, little comic strip stuff. So, I did like a lot of research into how to make characters. And it says every character should have a little flaw, uh, something that's, you know, relatable. People can relate to them as a human being other than just being this perfect human being, you know. And, um, and not that DID is a flaw because it's not, but it's something that makes them human, but mm -hmm. also beyond that, having um, the ability of being someone who's picked on, someone that has uh, their their co-workers or their superiors talking down to them people can relate to that and i think it'll give the opportunity to people to to feel for them like um he was saying like basically it makes them more relatable as as something that people can uh want to want to want to see what happens to them so they can like you know i don't know well, yeah, no, me, he, no, that's right. this way, I've been all over Tumblr and Reddit the last couple of days, and it's wild how many people who don't know Moon Knight at all are hooked on this show because of Steven. So it will be interesting to see how many of them are still interested once Mark becomes more prominent or something like that. So um, but yeah. again, I mean, I totally understand how the comic fans like want to see that traditional Steven. But I think as far as getting as far as reeling in people who aren't familiar, I think that they did the right move. Yeah. That's true, dude, because like I have uh, friends and stuff that are not really familiar with Moon Knight other, other than from me talking about him all the time. Um, and they watched the show and all of them loved it. They loved the show. So I nice. was I was in fear of them not liking it because it wasn't like slicing faces off and all that other stuff. But uh, people <laughs> yeah. actually enjoyed it. So, yeah, I, I can imagine you, um, Dukes, prior to the TV show, talking to your friends about Moon Knight and probably getting a lot of the backs of your friends you know but now they're actually paying attention you know because uh, oh, yeah. the tv shows there and, and what i see online as well a lot of people um and drew i mean i think your testament as well a lot, lot of friends coming towards you asking Ray, about I, went Moon to the, I went to the club last night no less than five times i had people that don't read comics come up to being like man moon knight was pretty fucking cool like, <laughs> yes i've been telling you guys for for forever but i'm glad that you're on board now yeah, and it's funny because um, a lot of people were tagging me in things like, mm -hmm. um, you know, like like 
as if I didn't know about it. Like, hey, do you know the show's coming out? Or it just shows out, and I'm like, believe me, I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching all of it. <laughs> Which is also as well as a first for me, um, and uh, not putting anyone kind of on the spot, but how many times did everyone watch it, uh, the first episode? More than once? or I think uh, I'm on four. Four? Uh, Frank? I watched it three times visually, and I listened yep. to it uh, three times uh, audio. Like at work, I had my my earbuds in. I, I just I, listened to the audio because I wanted to focus on the audio. Because one of my issues in the beginning was Kanshu being real loud. In, yeah, in we didn't like in. we didn't like Kanshu at first, but the second and third yeah. time I watched it, it I don't know, it was weird. Maybe it was purposefully a, like abrasive to yeah, kind I was of thinking maybe it's feel like, like Stephen was thing, like boom. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I think that's awesome that I think that's awesome that you're, you know, doing the um, like you're, you're watching the show, like just audio, uh, audio, uh, what do you say? Uh, you're just listening to the audio of the show. I think that's awesome yeah. as well. Um, it helped, Chad, it helped because I, I was not seeing stuff and I was just kind of listening and it, yep. it, everything kind of melted in perfectly. It was like even him being kind of loud, I, I kind of felt like it was because it was a new thing, like just like, in his head. And eventually, yeah. as the show goes on, he gets lower and lower. So I think he starts getting comfortable with having that that voice around. That might have been I mean, uh, intentional. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Also, as well, I think Conchu was pissed off at Stephen when we first see Conchu. So, so a lot Very of true. shouting involved there. At uh, Chad, as well, uh, how many uh, are you, have you been able to to watch it in between unpacking and such? Yeah, I watched it the first night twice, and then last oh. night twice. Yeah, awesome. Nice. This, I mean, this is a first for me. I don't know if you guys. I mean, I love my MCU, but I've not. I can't say I've watched an episode as many times as I've watched. Um, so I've seen it yeah, four times as well. When I was um, thinking about that, because like I've really looked forward to and enjoyed every other show, but mm. and obviously I'm biased because this is Moon Knight. But something mm. about how this show is made and how endearing Steven is and the music, like I, I have. I'm not watching it several times to pick up new Easter eggs or anything like that. I just find it that enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. Me, I'm a lyricist. So like me, I love lyrics and deep things and, you know, um, hidden meetings. So I, Mm -hmm. I I watched it just to get, make sure I didn't miss anything. Plus I loved it. Plus on top of that, the fact that I was looking for little things like you were saying, we're not looking for Easter eggs. I was kind of looking for, hidden messages and different things. Yep. And I have actually have a little list of some things yeah, yeah, let, I, let's I go. found that yeah, let's uh, go I was like, wow, you know, like, yeah, maybe this is what they meant. Maybe it's not, but I see it, you know, maybe yeah. it is, oh, maybe it's not. Throw us, uh, throw us one uh, our way. Let's see if right, any of the see. others have picked it up as well. Up there, let me see. Well, um, there is one. Let me find this one. Hold on. Okay, so so there's okay. Well, this is probably not as big of a thing, but when he was in the crowd, when um, yep. Arthur was speaking and everyone was bowing, when he bowed down, there was a, a guy. He looks like he was from like maybe he's like Arabic, maybe like 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 mm-hmm. Arabian, I mean, or something like of that of that culture mm-hmm. was behind yep. him, kind of looking at him, and then um, he was gone, and then he was back again. But when he was on a bus, that same guy kind of popped up again on the bus oh. like, right behind him. Oh, um, I saw that. Interesting and, um, pig. Either I didn't that pick that up until the third time, and if you look around him, a handful of people from that village are on that bus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh wow. I, I, mean, I mean, that's I mean, either that first. Yeah, I mean, that's either brilliant or you know they're just being stingy on on extras. <laughs> they didn't want to get more extras. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's good. Good pickup. Um, and uh, let me see. Um, 
for sure. Okay, this is some, this is something that this might be in this in my mind, me just being yeah. crazy. But in the very beginning, the opening scene when Arthur was doing his little ritual, mm-hmm. and he goes to walk off, and then like he's walking through some kind of building or whatnot, mm-hmm. and you see like there's like some um, some windows there, and mm-hmm. there's a banister, and this is just me being crazy probably, but <laughs> the, ma- the banister was part of it was missing, right? On mm-hmm. one of the banisters, it went halfway and it was gone, and it looked to me like it was photoshopped out, like maybe it really was there, but they photoshopped it out. I don't know. But um, I felt like that was foreshadowing that maybe someone's going to fall from that area. I don't know. That's just me being super crazy Ooh. probably. But I'll, um, Look, being someone uh, who has watched the first four episodes, I'm just going to say, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that's a perfect response. And another thing is in the opening yeah. scene, Arthur had those braces on it or those um, bracelets on his arm. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that one was closed all the way closed. Let me see. Mm-hmm. All, and the other one was open. And I was like, why? Like, was there, is there a reason for that? Or oh. I don't know. That's like, I look at the little, little, little things, you know? Yeah. yeah um, nice. I, I'm loving, <laughs> I'm loving how like the, you know, Moon Knight fans and probably just MCU fans are, are really pouring over the episode. I love it because they do put a lot of consideration into into what is there, right? I mean, there's that thing I saw online of that QR code in the museum. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. saw that in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, as Stephen's talking to the little girl above the fire extinguisher, there's a QR code. And if you actually somehow zoom in and scan it, you'll get an issue of um, Werewolf by Night 32. So, <laughs> oh wow, uh, yeah. So uh, that's, that's awesome. I think, and I think like a, a trial for the Marvel Unlimited app too, or something. Oh wow, like as well. Okay. Yeah. It's, so it's like interactive, slick. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they've never um, done something like that before. So for them to, and I'm sure they're doing it because he's a very new character for a lot of people. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, just thought, I thought that was a very classy move on Marvel's part because it, it's it just encouraging makes... people to look into the comics. It just makes it interactive. Like it, we've gone like this, beyond just viewing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it's just this this sh- this show or if it's they've been doing it in movies. I'm pretty sure they do it in movies all the time. But there's so many small hidden things like that. Like 99 percent of the population will never know or see. And but then mm-hmm. in this one, it it you know it was you know, and like something else. This is a big one for me. Uh, when when um uh, Stephen or whoever uh, got into the the cupcake mobile. Instead yeah. of driving off into the sunset. <laughs> okay, <my favorite>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he was doing that, um, it went to a scene where it was like there's some flowers in the foreground and he drives by, right? Yes. And yep. so I looked I looked at the flowers to see what kind of flowers they were. And uh, oh, one of them was a, a daisy, which yep. um stands for purity, innocence, uh cheering up parents who have lost a child and new beginnings and, and rebirth. So I was thinking maybe that had something to do with him, you know, coming into um, being who he is now, you know, uh, accepting that he has multiple um, altars going on. And the other one, I'm not 100% sure, but it looked like this lupin or lupine, which um, yeah. um, ha- um, means imagination, um, happiness, positive outlook. But also it goes into um, uh, willingness to overcome trying situations or recover from trauma. That's Ooh, such cool details. I would those... never thought of looking into the flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. So I'm not that 100% sure cool. that's why they had them there, but it kind of th- those two flowers and what they mean and um 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 and, oh yeah, also that that lupine or whatever it has to do with the wolf and moon. It, like oh, it's like love it's it. like um coincides with that. So again, like I don't know if that's why they put it there, but it's just kind of funny that all the things that 
those those two flowers represent kind of go hand in hand with what uh, Moon Knight is. Yeah, overall. I mean, you could you could have easily just put in a, chucked in a you know a weed or a rose or, or something or a tulip there, but the fact that it shows that there are some considerations, uh, it just astounds me actually. And, and Frank, I just kept that up there for you. Um, I'm not sure who the Facebook user is. It might be Noel, but you are killing it, Frank. The oh. tank. That's that's why you. you are the tank. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chad, as well, like uh, any uh, any bits that you kind of discovered through your like your four viewings. Um, I kind of noticed like uh, when what was it when Stephen came home, and before he noticed Gus's extra fin, um, he was watching a documentary on yeah. like Neanderthals yeah. mm -hmm. and. A white painted face was the Neanderthal that was on the screen. And oh. I was wondering if that was like a callback to the Age of Conscious stuff with, oh, that would be you know, the weird. first Moon Knight being a, you know, old school Neanderthal that has a white club. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that would be awesome. If that little nod to the, um, uh, you know, to the comic books there. No, absolutely. Great catch. Another. Great catch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I mean, about I'll... what about this too, though? I mean, yeah. maybe uh, Bushman. How he has that, you know, the markings. Well, it's more red, but well, it's mind. white outlined oh. in red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that too. Noel just commented in the Facebook chat, uh, which is something we talked about the other day on Discord uh, about if that area with the flowers was Latveria. Yeah. Um, and I actually uh, comics explained Rob. Did a video the other day, and he he put up panels from uh, uh, Doctor Doom's castle and the castle that Mark is in front of, and then the picture of Doctor Doom's village and the village he was in. And he pointed out that they never say the name of where they are. Um, mm. So that might have been a really subtle like viewing of Latveria before it, could, it ever comes into the MCU, which would be very cool. It could very well be. I mean, I think Rebecca had this discussion with yourself, Drew, uh, on our Discord channel uh you know there are castles other you know there are castles anywhere else um, oh of course than, yeah like very but it could very much be i mean why not uh that would be really cool it, it seems quite um odd to have a a setting where there is a castle and comic book fans always associate that with doom and it being uh, like germanic or, or european um so obviously a fictitious uh country it is um but yeah, no, I, I think it's absolutely a potential nod uh, to it. And and Justin, don't we all? Don't we all want to live in a castle? <laughs> I want to just walk around in. How long it take to clean? Oh, yeah, that would. Chad, <laughs> the, the practical, the practical sense coming in. <laughs> but yeah, um, absolutely. I think Latveria is is um, definitely on the cards. Um, now, what we're going to also do as well, Loonies, uh, want to just sprinkle throughout our discussion. Uh, with with Drew, Frank, and Chad, uh, just your thoughts as well. So I'm just going to drop into here. I've got Facebook open. Uh, this is from Marley Schaefer, one of the first comments that came back after the premiere of the show. And um, Marley says, I was surprised. This is about Arthur Harrow. I was surprised so much Arthur Harrow was in it. Uh, I like the MCU, but it does have a serious problem with having villains be an afterthought. It was a fun ride with good pacing. Definitely pulled at my heartstrings a bit when you see Steven is really being affected by it. I also like the new Steven as well. Uh, last scene got me pumped, but I wish we had seen more. I, I think that was kind of intentional, though. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, 
next week can't come soon enough now that the monsters are out. Uh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Molly. I, I just want to dwell a bit on Arthur Harrow, what you guys thought of the villain. Did you, did you see him as an afterthought, or, or does he seem like a, a decent enough villain for you? I think he's going to be really, really interesting. And uh, I don't know if they've done this with any other properties, whether show or movie, but the intro having no dialogue and just being five minutes alone with the villain, I thought was genius. Mm. Yeah. I was on, on top of it being wildly cringe worthy. Like that was, that was like <laughs> yeah. the most non bloodshed style violent that I think MCU has ever been. Like it hurt to watch. You don't, you don't I, walk around yeah, with glass issues. shoes. <laughs> Sorry. No. That's all right, Frank. No, you're good. Uh, I, was, I was just going to say, same with me. Like, first thing that came to my head was, oh, Ethan Hawke is going to get the first, first, uh, you know, camera time. I was like, that's not what I was expecting. I was, I was not expecting that at all, mm. you know. And um, so that was pretty, like you said, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and it, it made you just be quiet and sit there and look, you know. Yeah. It, it was visually captivating, definitely. It, it certainly seemed that from the previews that his big announcement into the episode would be when he walks in, you know, into that town and the people are following him. That seemed to me like the big moment that you reveal your, your villain. So it was it was very surprising to have him straight off the bat. Um, and for people that haven't watched the trailer or don't know anything about it, it would have been a strange, uh, yeah, a very strange introduction, I think. I, I know, I think I mentioned it. In the reaction episode, Eve uh, actually thought that that was Mark Spector <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> She's going, "Oh, he's a tough guy now, is he?" Walking in, I'm going, "Hang on, that that's the bad guy." <laughs> so, he's not. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know, Chad. What did you what did you make of Arthur Harrow? A very obscure deep dive villain. Yeah, that was a deep cut. Like I honestly hadn't read anything about Arthur for a long time, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I'm really not sure if he's like a hardcore villain at this point because, you know, as well as he's killing people, that's pretty villainous. He's also doing it like he's judging people preemptively. And that's that's already gray water. Mm. But it's judging their souls. So it's like, mm, not exactly sure if it's going to be like a positive or negative afterthought. Yeah. But. Also, with his first screen time, I thought it was a little bit amusing that, you know, he is doing this, you know, like the whole Jewish wedding Mazel Tov thing. That's kind of like a celebration. So I'm not sure if this is like getting into the show is cause for celebration in that universe. Like, I'm not sure if it's heralding in a positive era or something. Because all he does, seemingly, is try to fix things from his viewpoint. Yeah, which is true. I mean, and I guess the best villains are those that you can kind of see their their side of it as well. And uh, he is. He's trying to fix stuff. Uh, there is that big kind of minority report, you know, yeah. scenario of him. Uh, and, of, oh, shall I dare I say, Civil War II, where, um, where you start arresting and killing uh, criminals before they actually have even done anything. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, a good question here from Henry boy 11, uh, has said with Arthur being a villain at first, will it drag out to the end or will that, will there be more villains? What do you guys think? Do you think there'll be, do you think he'll be the, the main guy or do you think this will be an intro into potentially, you know, Bushman or. Whoa. I think Bushman's going to be in there because I read yeah. somewhere that someone was picked to play, um, Bushman, like there was an actual mm-hmm. actual actor that was 
to play him. So I'm I'm guessing he's going to show up. I, I think he'll show up the very last episode, like kind of like a cliffhanger to maybe there's more, you know. But yeah, um, and, and they already have Midnight Man confirmed. So yes. I, think, I think Harold will be the overarching like presence vi- villain, and they'll pop in other guys throughout the end as part of the storytelling of Mark's past. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. It's um. I mean, yeah. I, I think Har- uh, Harrow is uh is a good villain. Um, he's. I mean, we've only seen him in the first episode. Uh, you know, I guess we'll we'll know more about him, uh, as the the episodes go along. But uh, yeah. No, thank you very much, uh, Marley, for that. Um, some some things to, that real quick, if I may. Um, some yeah. things that kind of like sat with me with his uh, crowd appearance or whatnot. Um, uh, was he's saying that. You know, you're a brave soul for um, coming for judgment before she awoke. Like, so she must be sleeping or uh, stagnant or, you know, not mm-hmm. you know awake for whatever reason. And then he said something about I will judge you with a fraction of her power. So it started making me think what what is giving her power? Is it him taking these souls or whatever or having them, uh, you know, be judged? Is that making her, him str- her stronger or, you know, what's what, what's going to make her strong enough to awake? Yeah, and after his talk with Mark in the museum towards the end, it it seems like they're really leaning towards Khonshu being one of the indolent gods that fucked her up. Mm -hmm. So I'm one. I can't wait to find out like why she isn't active and awake, and what Khonshu had to do with that. And it's funny you said that. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was about to say. uh, Sorry, Frank. Um, There's that interaction between Harrow and Stephen in the museum, and Harrow does say that. Amit was struck down by the indolent gods, but also by one, by uh, her very own avatar. So um, it'd be interesting to know who. Or, you know, it's crazy. Or if you I, do I, get I, I watched. A, I, I read another article where it was talking about um, how they believe that that Mark or Moon Knight might have been her avatar at one point. Uh, I don't know if it's you know what if that's true or not. Um, but at the same time, I was thinking if her avatar let her down or betrayed her what if since um arthur is her current avatar i'm guessing that um maybe uh, towards the end um mark will get her to him to betray her and, and like history will repeat itself that mm-hmm. was, i was kind of thinking about that too uh one thing i wanted to point out uh while we're still on arthur that i i found really interesting especially on the third and fourth watches is when they're doing that museum chat he seems to sense that Mark or Steven, ha- I don't know if he senses that he has a connection to a God, but when he's, when he gets up in next to him and he's talking about the voice in his head mm-hmm. and how it's never pleased, it's incessant and it's constant. It's like he serves Amit so willingly, but it mm-hmm. almost seems like he can't stand doing it. And I think that's really interesting because he's so yes. on board in doing this work. But yeah. when he's talking to Mark, it's almost like he's trying to tell him, God, I wish I could get out of this. Yeah. And, and maybe yeah. also maybe he he empathizes with him and, and realizes they're both in the same boat and like mm-hmm. they're kind of like equals, you know. So when they start getting deeper into the God stuff, I think that's going to get wildly in- interesting for both yeah. of those characters. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, no, for sure as well. And I just want to add as well, Amit, um, we know, you know, the, the world's first boogeyman, that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, as for your question, uh, Frank, about what is feeding this deity, um, 
uh, the souls for sure. But um, yeah, the whole thing, Amit, isn't that right? It, it means truth as well. So there's got to be something in there that um, maybe, I don't know, maybe feeding um, Amit and uh, making sure that they're getting stronger. I, d I don't know. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm hoping that we just see... I want to see the gods, you know. I want to see. I want to see them. Oh, we've seen Conchu, but I'd love to see um, the gods. Just uh, I, I'm really excited about that because I know they after they did the premiere, um, you know, I got out through interviews with people on the red carpet. Um, they have a woman who's uh, cast as uh, Taweret, I think. Yeah. Um, so they have multiple people cast as gods. I think we're going to actually get to see a lot of the Ennead by the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry. I, there's kind of a point with that is uh, the Ennead, it's supposed to be the nine gods. Mm -hmm. um, you think that Khonshu and Bast were the missing two? Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I, I was hard. To, I didn't see the, the poster. I reckon, yeah, I don't know. I reckon Khonshu would probably be one of them. I don't know. But yeah, Bast definitely could have been. Or, he, or he is, is it maybe? I actually yeah. did some diving into Egyptian lore the other day. And if I'm not mistaken, what was really interesting is... um. I watched, I think it was like Screen Crush or somebody break down that uh, Khonshu and Bast are both um, children of Ra. Yep. Mm. So that kind of ties him into Black Panther uh, yeah, as far as that? connections to the Ennead. Um, I don't know where I, Amit fits in with that, but uh, it was just interesting to find out that Khonshu and, and lore is related to Bast. One just, thing uh, I know is that um, Amit or, um, was basically said that she's not like an equal to them or was not, you know, like an actual God. She was kind of just there and more mm. feared than anything uh, as being a devourer. And one thing, another thing is um, she does post death, death rituals supposedly. And I was thinking about Mark or Mark Stephen Mark, when he was his origin story, he died and came back to life, you know? So, I mean, maybe that's a way to tie in his origin story. The fact that he has died. So he's uh, even more so, um judgeable by her or whatever i don't know yeah, well, yeah. as someone who's really into this sort of like mythology and stuff it's so cool knowing that muhammad dia being egyptian and going out of his way to make sure this is as accurate as possible like all the stuff that's going to come through the show is going to be so interesting and accurate we don't have to worry about that being yeah. um you know massacred by american yeah. takes on it yeah, exactly. And I'll just keep on thinking just with a bit of a smile on my face, all those museum curators and geeks out there, um, you can, you're welcome <laughs> from, <laughs> uh, from Muna. I think everyone like now Drew is, is diving into Egyptology, uh, Egyptology. I'm sure all the other loonies, I myself as well, have a fascination now with, with Egyptian law. Uh, so there'll be a lot more visits to museums, I think, fellas, uh, which is uh, good news for people, <laughs> for, the, for the arts, for culture. Um, so absolutely respect um, the shop workers yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly exactly respect your shop workers uh now does anyone want to um dive into pick a pick a comment from one of the loonies um if you've got the page open um if i could it's it's yep. not a comment from that post but i just wanted to touch on something lena said in the group the other day yeah sure okay. Um, I'll make it quick. I'm not going to read their entire post, but um, mm -hmm. I thought it was really important, and we are really blessed to have somebody in our group that is open about DID, mm -hmm. um, and I know a lot of us have been interested in what their take on this was, so if they're listening, um, thank you for sharing this, but yes, the, you, the gist of it is they 
they said on here that they understand how the new Steven is not everyone's cup of tea, understandable, but they wanted to point out why they thought this worked. And they basically said, um, showing Steven before we got Mark, this didn't click to me that this was like a bold, bold move on Marvel's part until the second or third watch yes. is that in most interpretations of DID, even ones based on true events, the name of the systems are, they're mostly focused on the system's legal name alter. And by having Steven be the entire focus of the first episode and us learning to empathize with him, when we start to learn that he's not the quote unquote real identity there, we've already established a full connection to this guy. So mm -hmm. he's not just a voice inside Mark's head that we pay attention to. He's a guy that we care about just as much, if not more than Mark. And I think that was wildly important to show mm -hmm. that these are real people to the yes. people that are in this situation. They're not like uh, they said in this post, they've had therapists who straight up told them that they were a delusion. And mm -hmm. Marvel made the, the point to show this is a real person just as much as Mark is. And uh, yeah, I just wanted I, to point that out because I thought it was wonderfully put. And uh, yeah, it really yeah. made me respect the way they're handling DID for the show. That post, yeah. that, that post definitely made me, uh, it was a very good post. And it made open my eyes a lot to the whole situation because that's right. Like if they came up with Mark and then all of a sudden they came up with these other ones, you'd be like, ah, it's just mm. a voice in his head. It's just a voice in his head. And yeah. beyond that, um, when people say, you know, you're fake, it's fake or this and that, people, people don't accept what they don't understand themselves so like mm -hmm. if someone say say i say I'm, a, I'm going to you know run a triathlon and someone might be like you can't do that they're not telling me that i can't do that they're telling me that they can't do it and they yes. they, they, yeah. they have their own limitations of what they think that they can do and so they they portray that on other people so because someone else doesn't have that that um those alters and for them they believe that it doesn't exist you know yes yeah. Because I can't, and I can't imagine if, like, yeah. like, you know, we don't know how that feels, and we're watching Stephen, who seems like he's lived a full life and he has a full history, mm -hmm. and like, can you imagine being in that situation and having somebody tell you to your face, like, that you're that you're not telling the truth or that you're a lie yeah. or that you're not like, real? You don't like, exist. They That's really made us understand that, and like, honestly, yeah. Lena, if you're listening, thank you so much for all the insight you give us into this because it really. It really does mean a lot to learn more about this from somebody who's living it and to know that the way it's being represented in this show is accurate because I yeah. think that's really important. I know for sure. I mean, th there is a, I mean, even early on in the comics as well, there, there is that implied hierarchy of like Mark. I mean, you know, the 90s series is titled Mark Spectre Moon Knight. It focuses on him. Um, but there is that implied hierarchy that, you know, there's, there's him and he's got his other identities um, who don't seem to be, you know, as important because uh, he uses them in order to um, to fight crime. But yeah, as as Lena puts it, I think it's it's great how we're actually introduced to Stephen and people who don't know the comic um, don't really know that yet as well. So can you imagine? I, uh, I'm going to start price? having people over every week to watch the show because so many of my yeah. friends have gotten invested in it and they know they like talking to me about it. So I'm really excited to see how non-comic readers react when he doesn't when he is you know, turns out not to be the main character. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Chad, do you do you have uh, something, or did you want to grab one of the comments? Yeah, uh, one sec. Let's see, I'm just gonna go down the list with uh, Brandon Chambers yeah, yeah, sure. next. Uh, really good though. I'm interested to see what newbies to the character think. Enough of the trailers come 
from the first episode, I was constantly able to predict the next five to ten minutes yeah. of the episode. Yeah. There was a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, I love the Frenchie Easter egg. Hope we get more on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, my only gripe is that we didn't get any real action. I wanted to see Moon Knight in action. Naturally, I get to see, or I get that doesn't work with a mystery psychological horror vibe. But I really want to see Mark and Moon Knight go to town. Felt kind of sad when the final shot was the one we already seen a hundred times. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys? Sorry, sorry, Chad. Oh no, I was going to say I, I agree, sort of, but also like. You know, WandaVision, the first episode was entirely black and white and like a 1950s sitcom with no magic being done almost at all. So mm. that's oh, yeah. first episode the storytelling. Well. We just gotten slammed with a half hour of action in the first episode. Yeah. None of that, none of that care for the character would have been built up the same way. Yeah. Especially uh, with, with, with his um diagnosis or I don't know, he wasn't really, di- I don't know if he was mm-hmm. diagnosis really in the show version, but um definitely that's something that's most important is, is getting him, um, you to feel for him and even care to even know what's going on after that. Uh, so I, I do agree with that. Um, as far as, um, the way at first I was kind of like, like I said, let down, but then I realized once I listened to it the second time, I was like, okay, they did it. They did it right. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think, I think it's, um, you know, just my personal taste as well. We have seen that shot a hundred times in the trailer. It's still got, still kind of got me pumped. And, and I think, uh, Rebecca made a good point about, if we had two episodes released on that week, people would be going straight to episode two, right? You know, because of that yeah, ending in sure. episode one. Um, but I think the fact that we have to wait now, and whether a lot, whether or not you like binge watching or you like to take your, your time with it, um, it has left us, you know, on a really nice cliffhanger. We've got Moon Knight. It's established. It's only episode one. I mean, can you believe how much was packed into episode one as well? Right. Um, and we got to remember this. This is TV. They did what TV is supposed to do, which is to make millions of people talk about it for seven days yeah. until the next one. And I haven't seen any. La- I haven't seen any slack in people talking about it. Oh because yeah, the, for sure. There's, since there's so many like hidden things in this in this episode, and probably all the episodes, if it just had it all available and you just watched it through, you probably miss like so much you very important stuff. Like yes. I, I've never ever, probably in my life, have watched a, a, a series more than one time as far as that one episode <laughs> multiple times before the next one comes out i've never done it before ever you know and yeah. so like just because i've seen that there's certain things like that's kind of strange why is that happening and like i said me being a lyricist i, I when i write lyrics I, I try to write lyrics that have um the ability of having multiple meanings you know and so i look yeah. at multiple um from multiple different uh angles and then i have to look at it because i have nothing else to look at until next week so i have to uh, you know, break this down and then we talk about it and then it gets out there and someone else reads about it or sees it. And then so now people understand where as before, they probably wouldn't understand all what they put into this episode. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 you've only got what, 37, 38 minutes to work off. Um, we've got to wait a whole week. I mean, we're nearly there guys. So Wednesday, uh, by the time, I mean, this is live streaming. By the time this drops on the podcast, we've got about a day to wait for the next episode. But yeah, I mean, we can spend the time for it. I don't think even for Daredevil. I don't think I was this, and I'm a huge Daredevil fan. I don't, I don't think this. Um, I've been pouring through this episode as much as um, uh, as Moon Knights. But you know, I, I guess there's a reason for that as well. Uh, also, also quick, I, I love the Frenchie uh, Easter egg, and yeah. I also love that Lena called him a million times, and Frenchie tried once and said, "Fuck it." <laughs> 
Frenchie's yeah, his own dude, yeah. you know. He doesn't doesn't give a shit. Like you no, know, he's, he's like, I know what he's doing. I'm I'm done. <laughs> Something that bothered me about Layla though um, was the fact that she's been supposedly trying to contact Mark for like you know months, months and months and months. Yeah, she gets him on the phone, and just because he asks, <laughs> "Why did you call me, Mark?" She hangs she up. Hangs up. Yeah, that that was a bit funny. Um, I'm like. Was it important to get a hold of him or not? Because yeah. it wasn't important. I, I put, <laughs> yeah, massive, well, well, well called out. I, I just put but, that down to the theatrics the of time, TV, though, but yeah, yeah. At the same time, maybe I was, I was looking at his hand. I didn't see it happen. I was like, maybe Mark hung up on it. You know what I mean? Maybe Mark. <laughs> That's actually you know, a funny Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. You, I mean, in the old days, you could see, like, you could just slam the, the receiver down. But yeah. the, if you don't know these days, a subtle touch of a button. <laughs> so, um, about the phone, though, like, I noticed that it was a Razor. That's an old phone. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what kind of time frame this thing happens. Now, on the other hand, they reissued the Razor as like a nostalgia thing. So, it's like extremely ambiguous. Yeah, Good I point. Just and, down and as a, I just put it down as a burner phone, but I, I mean that that was just me fobbing it yeah, off. It could be a yeah. burner phone, but also um, it's a good point you said about as far as what timeline. Because I, I wrote that down when my it's one of my things to talk about is the fact that he brings up Avatar and he brings up um, you know well, both Avatars anime right. and the movie, so it has to be at least since them movies those movies came out. Yeah, good it has point. To be more, you know. This is not in the eighties. This this show is not taking place in the eighties, of yeah, course. Yeah, he's no. not referencing Ghostbusters or yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh, no, that's a good point. I'm as thinking well. it's it's now times. It's it's, it's got to be taking place now. Yeah, in the it's it's interesting in Disney Plus the uh, the streaming service. If you look at the timeline order, the the with Marvel because I was doing that. I, I know it's very geeky. I was doing it to reorder my Blu-rays. <laughs> um, but uh, Moon Knight is at the end, so I don't know whether that's just because it's the latest release or or because it's meant to be set literally after Hawkeye. Um, I, I don't know, but yeah, that's um, what I read yeah. too. Yeah, it could be, could well be. Um, so we don't know. Uh, no, but thank you so much, Brandon, uh, for that as well, uh, and as well the action. We we all want to see Moon Knight. Don't worry, you'll get you'll get to see plenty of Moon Knight. I don't think that's spoiling anything. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that should be uh, Ooh, very fun. I I found a so, real so, interesting comment in this Facebook thread. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's already like jumped the gun, but somebody, somebody said, I'm wondering if the staircase down in the end credits where you see like the, the winding staircase mm -hmm, with the sand mm -hmm. at the bottom. So <laughs> this person's it's Henry Campbell. And he said, I wonder if that's a reference to issue five from the Warren Ellis run, which is the raid in the apartment building, um, which would be cool. But the way I interpreted it is it reminded me of in the Lemire run when, uh, they're all trying to make a break for it, and they go downstairs through the asylum oh, into the sand-covered yep. subway basement. That is also true. Yeah, it could be either. That or. could could be either or. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, either mean, way, there's a lot the... of cool imagery in the end credits. I've watched through those. A bunch I love of times. the end credits. I, I just love. Oh, and whilst we have both of you here as well, your thoughts on the music, guys? What do you, What do you think? I was just oh, going to bring that up. Yeah. So good. I, I, what like the score comments? itself is fantastic, but like the song selections are, I, yeah, I they were perfect. The, the intro song, the Engelbert Humperdinck becoming everybody's new favorite guy. Yeah. Like, ah, it was great. I can't wait to see what sort of music they use for the rest of the show because it, it's like the perfect balance of spooky and fun. And they're so mm. good at finding sections of lyrics that like are like the way the intro, he ends something about following the moon and then it echoes yes. out over Mark waking up. 
I, mm. I live for music, uh, music nice. play like that in shows. Awesome. And one of the comments says from Brian Rosario says, mm -hmm. where has the, where has this composer been my whole life? Love the soundtrack. And me personally, <laughs> the first, the very first um, watch of it, I was kind of like, why does it have this song? Why does it have that song? You know, mm -hmm. but when I went back and just listened to the audio, everything was perfect. Like the lyrics nice. and the songs, like you said, um, basically went perfectly with what's going on in, in the show. It was like, there's no way they could have made it any better. It was like perfect. Like it was yeah. beautiful. It was initially, I mean, I mean, I love the soundtrack as well. Initially it was very prominent for me because it, it seemed almost like song after song after song. Like you had um, Engelbert Humperdinck, you had Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. That was uh, the very beginning. Uh, and then shortly after you had Wham as well. So it was like, oh, this is a lot. Um, yeah, they're packing a lot of like contemporary music in. But I thought the the score as well was very epic. Um, you know, they're talking about the Indiana Jones style. It certainly has that kind of cinematic, you know, strings and orchestral kind of music. Um, but I loved it. And I can uh, ping the, because um, every hero has a, has a theme, right? So I, I definitely know Moon Knight's theme now, <laughs> uh, which is very exciting. I've always wanted to know ever since, you know, starting the podcast, what would what would the theme to Moon Knight sound like? And I, always, I thought it was going to be Delita, but, you know. Well, you know <laughs> that was a nice surprise. <laughs> when, when it first came on um right after arthur's like you know ritual whatnot my wife was like I, I can't wait to see what kind of epic you know theme song he has for the beginning you know and then that yeah. song came on and like i was like this is not really a theme song like, you know like like yeah, you know, yeah like mandalorian yeah. has you know you, 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 yeah, hear I love it, you know what yeah. it is you know and yeah. and then um so i was like why but then someone in the in um on the in the group had said that you know most of the time with Marvel, what they'll do is the first episode will be whatever, but then they'll come out on the second or so and they have an actual theme song for them or whatever, what, what it is, you know. I don't think mm -hmm. that song's going to play every time. You know? No. Yeah. Uh, one, cool. one cool thing I noticed that, uh, speaking of Mandalorian, you know how, like, every time Mando shows up, especially when he showed up in um, Boba Fett, you'd hear his little, like, Jurassic Park sound and whistle sound, yeah. and that's how you knew yeah, Mandalorian yeah. was there? So yes. when Khonshu pops up behind him in the elevator, they have a very similar, like, little... It honestly sounds like when the Velociraptors show up in Jurassic Park. Oh, really? I'm <laughs> hoping it. every time Khonshu shows up, he gets a weird little sound spike like that. <laughs> great great catch, yeah. I, I have to go back and watch it a fourth time, fifth time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the... um the, uh, With Khonshu, you're talking about Khonshu in that elevator scene. Uh, I think there's a, there was that choral kind of music you know you can hear the chorus just kind of in like the rising weird children up. laughing it was like yeah. highly disturbing <laughs> for yeah. some reason yeah. <laughs> um we got something a request here from noel he's he's uh dropped his thoughts conchu talk so we spoke about the volume i can't remember if we spoke about that before we started we, recording yeah or not. it got mentioned <laughs> on and i yeah. honestly like i said my i we watched it on a big TV with a huge, like a really loud sound bar the first time. And it was really like almost too much to the point where it kind of took us out of it. <laughs> yeah. But the, on, on follow-up watches, I didn't notice it as much. And I was kind of thinking they mixed it like that on purpose because mm -hmm. they want you to be as jarred by it as Steven is. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of his appearance? And, and, you know, his first, this is the first time we see him. We get the full Monty. We get, we get the bird he's so, skull. He's so cool and frightening. Yeah. And I can't wait to see him being a sassy dickhead, but also horrifying looking. <laughs> uh, yeah. Chad, how about you? Um, 
I kind of was off put by the voice. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's a great voice actor. Don't get me wrong. And I like the job that they did on it. I just expected, you know, uh, ancient bloodthirsty deity to sound less like a camp counselor. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of expected like a discordant, you know, aberrant voice. It's just like, oh, Jesus, no, put yeah, me yeah. back in sleep. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering <laughs> if when, like, we see him on screen while he's speaking, it'll feel different. I mm -hmm. think hearing that voice, who we know is from a old British man, yep. is it, without the body being there, I feel like that's what causes a bit of a disconnect. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if having him on screen while he's speaking will change that. So I guess see in future episodes. Yeah. I ultimately don't hate it, but yeah, I kind of agree. I it would it, when you're not seeing Khonshu's body, it's it just doesn't necessarily ring as being an old Egyptian bird. Yeah, I mean, it's also very, very hard as well in the fact that for long time, say comic book readers, you've you've seen Konshu, you've read him, so you've, but you've not really heard him. So there, there's an an abstract concept in your head about how he should how he should sound, although you may not be able to describe it. But then when you finally see or hear him, uh, it's it's something totally different. So That's yeah, there, there's true. always going to be that. Yeah. It's like when you read a book, like you, you, you don't know the, what the characters look like other than what they yeah. describe. Yeah. So you come exactly. up with something that's totally different, and then when the movie comes out, like that's not what I was thinking it would be, you know. Yeah. But that's what the, you know, the art, the author was going for. Like for me, the voice for Kanshu was more like a raspy, like Mark, you're messing up. Like, yeah. Get over here and do this now. <laughs> like that, that was what I was looking for, and then I heard this. That's exactly the voice I had in my head. <laughs> <laughs> You have voices in your head, oh. <laughs> but then I heard the voice and I'm like this—that's not Kanji. Who's someone else is talking mm. to? Him. Who's that? And then I am excited to see how he develops too, because like you know, we've seen in the trailers, there's uh that shot. Granted, I have no idea what's going on in it, but there's that shot where him and Mister Knight are standing on the hill, and he's showing him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I would imagine that's him teaching mark or steven or whoever about something and like obviously Kanshu is rude and he's pushy but um i'm excited to see what he's like when they're just just talking or discussing something yeah. like because it would be cool to see him go from being uh, you know kind of a pushy asshole to like also being a, a god that cherishes his son yeah well it seems yeah. that in this instance anyway he doesn't have much respect for Stephen. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's the worm, the idiots worm. in control, parasite. You know that sort of. It seems that he's got more respect for Mark, and I'm assuming because Mark carries out his will, uh, whereas Stephen is he doesn't. I mean, not that he's ever had a chance to until episode one. But um, yeah, I think Conchie just views Stephen as like a, he's a bit of a waste. Um, yeah, and good point about the fact that Mark carries out his will. Um, so yes, he uh, favors him, but as we know in the comic books, there's many times he's turned his back on him because he didn't do what he wanted to do. So it's, is, is it really like he's doing his bidding or is he being his slave basically? And if you're not going to be a good slave, then I'm going to go on to somebody else, you know? Mm. No, um, yeah. and it yeah. seems, it seems very clearly that, uh, they're trying to keep Steven in the dark about everything that's going on. I mean, they had to replace his goldfish, uh, yeah he he's told him several times stop looking um mm. so i think steven becoming aware it's obviously it's very much aggravating Kanshu, but i'm really excited to see 
how long this has been going on for, because it's clearly it's been long enough that it's been months at least because Layla has been trying for months. Uh, he's had time to get a job. Um, all this stuff, like I'm really excited to see what lengths Kanshu and Mark have been going to to keep Steven in the dark about all this. And I'm wondering yeah. why, like, like, like either Mark is doing this because he cares about um, Steven not freaking out or is it because he he's a, a, afraid of what Steven might do if he knows? Because I was wondering, like, why is he telling him to stop searching? Like, wouldn't you want him to know so he'd be willing to let the body do what it has to do? Like, like I was yeah. wondering why he's trying to keep it a secret from Steven. Yeah. I'm just thinking that oh, it, this is just me as well, but I'm just thinking that Stephen is a, a massive liability, uh, like a huge risk. Like he, he you know, as, as endearing as he is, and you know, he's, you know, I like him as well. But uh, as far as serving the will and um, and being a, an avatar of vengeance, I think Stephen's definitely the um, the risk for them all. Uh, so that's probably why they're kind of trying to wrap him up in cotton wool make sure that he doesn't have to worry about all this uh but yeah you, you could be right i mean as well maybe and steven if i yeah. could go on a super quick rabbit hole tangent off of that too <laughs> i i was having a discussion with a buddy of mine um and we were taking notes from a facebook discussion where uh we we kind of have this theory that um it might be related to amit and uh that that steven or marks you know the personalities are not in sync with each other and that's maybe what mark and Kanshu are working towards um mm -hmm. and that he's been kept in a spot where they are all separate that way he's not a threat to what amit's trying to do and part of the, what, what fed into that is when he's talking to his mom who obviously is not a real mom he's leaving voicemail mm -hmm. messages and he's saying you know, like later gators and that could either be a super cute line for jolly steven or like yeah it, it, we read it, you know, we were going down a rabbit hole about it, but we read it as like, what if he's stuck in this, like, um, like, you know, Amit's a, a, a gator headed God. Like, yeah. what if he is stuck in this situation where his personalities can't coincide with each other, which makes him less of a threat. And we're going to get to see them all kind of like the Lemire style come together and figure their shit out to work as one, making Moon Knight as an entity unstoppable um obviously i have no idea if there's anything to that but it was just kind of a fun rabbit hole to go down oh no absolutely as well and and that got me thinking as well like later gators um the gator reference uh there could be uh, the question i want to ask then um and i'll, I'll throw it to you chad first uh, the mum on the other side of the phone mm -hmm. what are our thoughts on who that is is it the mum or you know what do you yeah, think one of, one of these messages in the um, in the in the post is said i think it's oh, Ilya Payne. Said mm -hmm. one of their questions was, uh, who is Stephen calling instead of his mom? And so that, that's when I read that next, but yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's a voicemail because he's like, Sorry, I missed you, you know, like, yeah, I don't think it's it a, is real a person, yeah. Or oh, it doesn't sound like there's someone on the other line as well, it sounds like he's just kind of dictating something. Um, so yeah, uh, so Chad, so you reckon it's Armit? Yeah, um, I think that this is all, I honestly think that Mark. Stephen is dead currently. Yeah, I maybe um, maybe it was you who was pointing this out to me, and and that's where I went off because I like yeah, I really liked your idea here. Well, there's um, that also. Sorry, Chad. Sorry, go on. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, but just further to what you're saying, that the little girl. Remember, um, he's talking about the field of reeds, mm -hmm. and she goes, "Then how come you got rejected from the field of reeds?" And he goes, "I'm not dead." He goes, "Am I?" And then he gets distracted. That was at the very big, the first five minutes of the show. 
um yeah. thrown a throwaway comment but yeah it could definitely fit into what you're saying chad yeah that was a creepy little girl like why did she yeah. say that and why does she, yeah, why, why does she know? And that what also, does she know? Yeah. that almost, that was another thing that kind of led into this being a controlled situation that's keeping yeah. him from, from being whole is maybe, I mean, I don't know that, that, that could be like the Truman that's show. That's a lot, but yeah, if this yeah. is all a construct to keep him from being a threat, that'd be kind of interesting. Mm. Or what if that girl didn't exist? It was all in his head. Was, also yeah, that. absolutely. I mean, we did, we don't know. It's, um. I mean, we are we are watching Moon Knight here, so yeah. <laughs> that comment goes on to say, since he Stephen doesn't know about Mark's past, I sincerely doubt he knows about his real family, as far as the mom situation. Mm. Uh, yeah, so is a mom a plant? Like, has Mark planted this fake mom to or this fake life? But, um, you know, it sounds like he's he's really developed. You know, he's he's got colleagues he's got a life so something's happened but yeah as far as his mum yeah who knows um we know that the, the parents will be there because i mean spoilers not spoilers on the red carpet you can um, check it so, on imdb yeah yeah, yeah that as well <laughs> so they've been cast so we know um but whether that is the mum that steven's talking to we, we just don't know so um, I, I think yeah. that uh, steven doesn't really have He's kind of antisocial. He doesn't really know how to deal with people, you know. Yeah. Um, overall, with anyone, I mean, I don't think I, I haven't seen him connect with anyone. Crawley, I mean, he yeah. talked to him, but he's not talking back, so there's no threat of being yeah. um, uh, challenged at all, you know. Yes. So speaking yeah. of Crawley, how awesome oh, that, we, I know. that we got Did him first episode. And I, you... I like all. I love all these theories going around that like Crawley is aware of Mark and he knows what's going on and he is oh. his informant when he's not being Stephen. That's so cool. Yeah, and that makes it even funnier that when yeah. Stephen comes up to him and just blabs to him while he's a statue, he just has to sit there and be like, "I know what's going yeah. on, dude." Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep an eyes on Stephen for Mark. Yeah, and what's crazy also is like maybe he's kind of like looking after him, kind of protecting him, like making sure he's good when he's in that state. You know, he's just kind of yeah. like yeah, yeah, just still monitoring, monitoring him. I just want to go he back. He clearly a knows bit. him. He brings him food, and he's he knew what yeah. type of food he wanted. So like, yeah, he's been yeah, doing this probably. for a while. Yeah, 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 for sure. He's got. I mean, whether or not he's just a statue, but I mean, like just sitting what? there while he Stephen talks. What I'm sorry, I just want I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I just want to go back to, I just want to address because um, a uh, good mate, CMK7, has dropped a few thoughts. Uh, so just about the, the postcards. So it looks like Stephen is even receiving postcards from mum as well. Um, again, I think maybe that could be something that's arranged. Like, well, you know, not if, necessarily. Uh, we've, I, I found out through multiple watches that when he's walking into work, he mm -hmm. passes a rack of postcards, and they're yes. the same ones that he was hanging up. Oh, so it wow. starts making you wonder: Is Mark sending him these yes. to keep him in wow. the dark, or is Amit sending him these to keep that's, him in the that's dark? That's what I was thinking too. Like I saw that Very same good. thing somewhere, um, and it made sense. I looked at it a second time. Like, yeah, that's that's probably Mark doing that. Either that's way, poor cool. Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, that's so cool. Sorry, sorry, Frank, I, I cut you off there, but you were. Um. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm done. I got lost. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll do back, back about Crawley uh, and um, oh, yeah. him being a statue. During that yeah. scene, okay, so during that scene, you're watching it, everything's good. So during that whole scene, Mark is sitting on his, well, if you're looking at, at, at the situation, it would be your left, right? Mm -hmm. He's sitting on his left, you know, your left, uh, watching, you know, talking to him or whatever. And then when it goes to the end and he goes to walk off, there's the, the puddle, right? Yeah. And yep. um, he, he leaves. Now, I watched another video that broke down and said that basically what was above it was the puddle and what was below it 
was the actual thing. So I turned my phone upside down and watched it. And uh-huh. in, in, in that instance, um, Mark or, or Steven is actually on, his, your, if you're looking, his right side. So basically oh. the whole scene that you watched, which you thought the camera was on them, you know, and, and that was what it was. Yeah. The real of it was actually the exact opposite. So were we looking through the puddle the whole time or was which one's the real reality? It was, it was yeah, it kind of, nice. It's kind of, it's yeah. kind of deep. The mirror dimension. The mirror yes. dimension. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, he cool. also, oh, and he also says, as, as, as Chris says, see you on the flip. <laughs> yes. Which, think, yeah. Which is you to pretty much flip, flip your flop. phone or flip your TV right then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good catch, everyone. Freaking hell. Um, I just want to bounce because uh, I just want to pay pay credit to the Insta- our Instagram as well. Uh, I'll just take one from uh, Adam Prine or Al Prine, uh, a long-time loony. Uh, fantastic opener. Even if I wasn't an MK fan, I think this would be the most intriguing of Marvel shows so far. Country looked incredible and actually kind of dig the Mufasa voice, even though it is admittedly jarring at first. I guess we all agree. Uh, seeing Duchamp on the phone log and possibly Crawley as the gold man on the bench had me pumped. Uh, glad to hear that you're excited, uh, Adam. But yeah, uh, Crawley and, and Duchamp, the, the two big, I guess, supporting cast. We, we just need Jenna and Ricky and Ray now, and I think uh, we'll be complete. But um, yeah, Duchamp. I want to say, do you think I we'll just get? I think it's so cool that we were all so worried they wouldn't be in the show mm-hmm. for good for good reason. We had no reason to think they would be, and then we just got both of them referenced in the first episode. In the I first episode, yeah. I think and like to see much... to see the writer go on Twitter and be like, "Looks like I lied. We do got a crawly." Yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of like the, for us real fans or whatever to be like, "Hey, don't worry." Like kind of like to make us feel, you know calm and you know that's yeah all, it's gonna be all right in the end you know they're gonna be there yeah yeah and exactly. i don't know if if i could real quick like we me and my buddy have this whole idea when we were talking about how people are all upset this isn't the traditional moon night setup that we're used to um i feel like a lot of stuff has happened that's gotten to where they are at this point uh and you know mark's mark and Kanshu are clearly running around taking care of some sort of business but yeah. like we went down this idea where like by the end of the show Mark, Steven, maybe Jake by that point, they'll all know about each other. They'll be working together. And who's to say that after this season resolves this issue, we don't end up back in New York with the traditional setup of of Steven being in control of everyday stuff, Mark taking care of business. Uh, Because how funny would it be to see Steven go from being a dweeby museum guy to trying to act like a rich playboy in, in, in a city. Like <laughs> yeah. we could take this weird setup to explain his origin and mm-hmm. end up with the traditional Moon Knight by the end of it. It's yeah, kind of like um, on Captain yeah. America, how he was like this little, you know, he's too frail to get into the, the army or whatever, you know, and then he yeah. turned into like this beast, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. the same type of transformation. Uh, one thing I want to say real quick about in the museum, um, when um, Arthur was had him in his grasp, I guess you say, and yep. then he gets saved by a tour coming through, and yes. you hear a, a female voice speaking. I'm I'm wondering if that was the lady that he tried to go on a date with. Um, oh, the tour guide, yeah. Through. You know, yeah. it could have been her saving him without even. They, it could have been, yeah. Actually, that's a good because she she's a tour guide. Dylan was her name um, that Rebecca pointed out. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, that the failed date. Uh, I mean, yeah. we could talk about that. Um, that, but before I forget, I just wanted and and Drew, you you um, prompted me here. Uh, we're here, episode one. So I just want to 
put it down on record now. We'll go through uh, three of you. Uh, Chad, what do you reckon by episode six? I mean, where will Moon Knight be? Um, Drew alluded to something, um, but what, what do you reckon will happen by the end of six? What's the status quo for Moon Knight? That's, that's tough to say because yeah. we're supposed to be getting Midnight Man and he's, mm -hmm. you know, known heist type but we're also supposed to be getting a bushman so it's like that could be international stuff mm -hmm. so as far as like physically where who knows yep. as far as character progression i know we're supposed to get a mr knight mm -hmm. who from this like looks of it is supposed to be like a amalgamation of uh steven like his own version of moon knight um that's just really hard to say it's yeah. to place them oh. somewhere anywhere I, I just want to put something down so like by the end of it we can come back and go look this is what you thought this is what you thought um it'd be interesting to see where it does land but okay so you're thinking potentially globe trotting still um yeah yeah um and drew what you were mentioning were, were they your thoughts as well of him ending up in new york or yeah it's just uh it it seems like this is something that mark and Konshu have been working on for a minute um because harrow refers to him as mercenary they clearly have been dealing with him before he was in that mm -hmm. village so like it seems like this isn't like everybody was so pissed that Steven was like in Britain and not in New York and all this stuff. And like, I don't necessarily think that that's where he resides normally. Mm -hmm. um, I just got this vibe that he's there as part of a mission and Mark and Conshu are keeping him in the dark about it. Oh. And when this all resolves and, as, you know, since they've shown the two, this is a lot of wishful thinking too, but since we've gotten references okay. to these main, to these cast characters we were hoping for, um you know we're gonna see stuff like midnight man i have a feeling that we'll whatever this current issue is they're dealing with with harrow um that will lead them to egypt uh, we'll get a, the backstory and the origin told as he's discovering Ooh. stuff through that and um you know how that plays out who knows that, that's why i'm really excited i really don't have any idea but i i i have this like hope that by the end of everything that rubik's cube will be solved his personalities will be getting along <laughs> yeah. and he'll end up back in New York because how cool would it be to get this whole psychological disjointed origin story. And then if they do a season two, we get to have traditional moon Knight doing mm -hmm. his, his whole operation in New York city because yeah. they could, they could do this for years and years if they wanted to, after they got that yeah. set up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Frank as well. Yeah, what, what do you reckon will happen by the end of six? Well, we'll, well be left I, with I agree football. a lot uh, with him. Uh, basically, I thought I felt like at the very last episode, a few things could happen. One, he'd be flying back to New York, you know. Mm, yeah. And um, but also, I don't know. I got this image in my head that um, maybe while he's flying off, you 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 you'll, you'll see like from the ground level, like like uh, what do you call it. Werewolf by Night just watching him fly off or something. You know? Oh, like, nice. <laughs> somehow get, get introduced to Werewolf by Night yeah. coming into to play. But, um, yeah, I feel I feel like he's going to – all of his personalities or all of his alters are going to come together and start working together. You made a great point, um, the fact that uh, they're probably only there for a reason and, and they're kind of trying to keep him in the dark. I didn't even think about that until you said that, and that's 
that makes a lot of sense. It so just hit me when like Harrow was referencing him as a mercenary. Like he's clearly mm -hmm. been dealing with this dude for a oh, minute. Yeah. He's tired they've, of they've, it. <laughs> they've, had, yeah. they've had tussles. Yeah. I mean, that's what it seems like. Yes. Um, so the, basically, yeah, I, I think he's going to get back to New York. Um, and he's, he might, I think he'll find Marlene. Yeah. Maybe. And, um, set it up for, like you said, next season to be what we know Moon Knight is, you know, how he yeah. is, you know, that's why I, I, think I definitely, I definitely hope. And it sounds like there's enough um, interest in this show for it to, to push on. Um, Oscar Isaac has said in an article, uh, he hasn't got the golden handcuffs as he puts it. So he hasn't been contracted uh, for extensive appearances in the MCU, but he said, you know, depending on how this show ends up or goes uh, and whether there is enough interest in it, uh, he might consider pursuing going further, whether or not he's just talking about TV or whether that means the film as well. Uh, Tom will tell him maybe he's just keeping the cards close to his chest, but um, I, uh, I I absolutely love it, love it as well. I, I go into his, um, his talk about this being very akin to Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. So I reckon similar to Iron Man when he works on, uh, you know, he's got the Mark One suit and then he finally gets his, his you know, final suit. I, I, my take is that we'll maybe get another suit towards the end of the episode. I would be so um, thrilled if, like, we saw him get to, uh, I don't know, start putting together his own kind of suit. Make, yeah, just making his to, own like, suit. We started to get to see some of the tech. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to get a moon top anytime soon, but it'd be really sick if we could. <laughs> we, um, you know what's crazy is, um, as far as Mr. Knight goes, I remember in one of the teaser videos they had, like, Mark or Steven falls out a window or something, and he turns into Mr. Knight when he hits before he hits the ground, right? And yeah. um, so that kind of makes leads me to believe that Mr. Knight, that persona, might be in his head. It might be someone that's not. He probably doesn't look like that in the suit to everyone. Possibly, it might be just what he sees himself as, you know. Um, and maybe it just gives him something that gives him the power to to handle a situation, you know. And yeah. uh, so I don't know if that's really going to be something that some other people see it or not. Because one, one of the other, I think the original trailer, his hand touched the the um the bus and it was like a white glove, you know. And but is, are are other people seeing this or not? It's kind of yes. like power of self esteem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. You just don't know, right? And and I love it. This uh, ambiguity that Moon Knight, the character, has already created just even before we see stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, again, CMK7, uh, Chris drops in. Uh, same as I think most of us, uh, Ch Chad's going the, the globetrotting route. Um, but, yeah, might end up New York. Like, we might all be wrong, but, you know, who knows? Well, the, um, the cool thing is, is even if he does end up back in his traditional New York role, he, he could always globetrot, and I think that's yeah. a wonderful thing about his character is yeah. unlike a daredevil or, you know, I don't know any of the other New York based heroes. He has no reason to be tied to that city other than setting up a yep. base. Yep. And potentially introducing Jake as yeah. well. So that that's because uh, we all comic book fans know uh, newcomers probably don't know at all about Jake, but uh, Jake's one of my favorite. Oh yeah. Mine too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, saw somebody, <laughs> I saw somebody yesterday on Reddit. They, they said, uh, I'm praying 
so hard that if we do get Jake in the show, we get to see Steven bend over and put on a mustache and come back. <laughs> <laughs> I want the mustache and I want the hats and yeah, yeah. Oh yes. man, the fake mustache would be so goofy. It'd be so <laughs> <Yeah>. fun. <laughs> It'd be great if we saw Gina's cafe eventually too. I would oh, love yeah. to see Gina <laughs> and her kids. Like to get them worked into the show would be a blast. And Crawley and his tea bag. Yeah, his tea bag. <laughs> oh, tea bag. He's got to have his tea bag, man. Uh, it's so... funny because when we saw Crawley um, at the fountain or whatnot, and um, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was the first watch. I didn't know that was Crawley until I read in yeah. in the group, and I went back and I was like, "Oh, okay." But I was looking for the flies. Like, where's the flies? Yeah, exactly. He's known for having his yeah. flies around him. Exactly. He, he smells. Uh, you know. <laughs> I also just love the fact that you know Crawley is so articulate and so talkative in the comics, yet they made him a statue busker in the show something completely opposite where he doesn't speak at all i think that's that was really cool i, I think it i the writer's justin benson is that the uh yeah uh the uh no jeremy slater that's jeremy well. slater so he, yeah. he'd said something and i think noel had posted it um whether it was in the group or not um doesn't really matter but he it was it was the writer saying that they he had so much fun writing for a character that hasn't been in, introduced yet yeah and yeah. I mean, Frenchie for sure would be really fun to write for, but I can't imagine as a show writer how much fun he could have writing Crawley's dialogue. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm just fingers crossed that that's who he's talking about because Crawley's dialogue is honestly one of the things that sucked me into Moon Knight when yeah. I started the comics. Oh, he's, he's funny. He's funny. Awesome. I just want to also um, shout out <laughs> uh, like the likes of Kevin Feige and the studio because exactly what you say, Drew, um, this is a character that no one's really, not many people know, but... Marvel have allowed this this freedom. They've kind of extended the leash to these showrunners to, you know, you could easily have a, a, a studio go, okay, look, people don't know, let's play it safe. Mm-hmm. Like they're actually allowing these creators to do what they want, which I think is so important. And you actually get quality stuff uh, rather than just your generic kind of, you know, formulaic TV show. So full props to uh, whoever is involved in allowing that to happen. Yeah, like that, that time when they're in that... Um ceremony or we want to call it like the gathering when arthur's judging people mm-hmm. and then when they're all on to him and they're rushing him to do whatever take the scarab from him and then he like blacks out and boom he's yep. back his hand was so bloody it was, yeah. like, it was, it was yeah. gross i honestly like i know the falcon winter soldier decap scene was like pretty brutal but i i i looked at the screen and between the guy just bleeding out of his head on the ground and the yeah. amount of gore in Mark's hand, that might yeah. have been the most blood on screen for any Marvel property. I've that's seen. what I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Granted, yeah. like that's a, a measly amount in the grand context of things, but for a Disney Plus yeah. show, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that my, um, yeah, yeah. My barometer was actually Eve next to me. And, and like when that happened and he held up that bloody hand, Eve just went, oh. Well, <laughs> and like the scarab's yeah. wings are out. So, like, yeah. I started imagining, like, did he just like chop into all weapon? these dudes' necks? Like, those people oh. are, <laughs> like, Mark has a body count of at least 10 to 15 by the end of episode one. Yeah. Oh, so he, he's, he's not punching people, knocking them out. This, he's killing people for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, he's, he's got to be up there um, as one of the more deadlier humans. Uh, you know, in the MCU at the moment, I mean, he's racking up the body count and he's ruthless. He's not, you know, he, he doesn't why, have um, a no kill code. Midnight Suns could be a great mm. thing because, like, that that team is is awesome. 
Henry uh, on the YouTube comments just mentioned that too. Yeah, I saw that. No, I know yeah, um, Oscar in a couple interviews has been asked, you know, would you want to, would you want to see Moon Knight link up with the Avengers in the future? And in every interview, he goes, I'd rather see him with the Midnight Suns. Yeah. And you know, yes. granted, he he's clearly knowledgeable of it. He knows what that is, and he he's excited about the idea of that becoming a thing. Um, obviously, he's not going to say anything because it's Marvel, but. Uh, yeah. I just I don't feel like he would be referencing it if it wasn't a possibility. Yeah, multiple people yeah. have referenced referenced it. Like, and Isaac himself said something like he would like to see that, which is weird because in the beginning he said he's never heard of Moon Knight, but now he knows about that. So like he must be looking at it for a reason, maybe yeah. for source material or maybe because that's in the talks, you know. In this, in, yeah. Well, and what's cool is I've seen both him and Ethan, which you don't see the actors in the MCU say this too often outside of like Elizabeth Olsen, who's a big Scarlet Witch comic fan. Like they've both openly said they signed on to the project out of interest and they both now have gone back and specifically referenced the comics for their characters. Um, And I I love seeing that because that obviously feeds into the writing because since everybody's so involved in making these projects. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Look, I just want to also go back to that scene. uh, Sorry, just touching before I forget again of uh, the harrow in the village and the scarab, the blood in the hand. Um, I want to shout out also another uh, DRD system in our group, uh, Jaybird or, or Calcist as well. Um, I don't have it here in front of me as well, but they referenced um, that passive influence that you could have. Uh, they said it was uh, done in a more comical way, but that moment where Mark or Stephen is trying to give the scarab to, to Harrow and his body just won't let him. I thought that was a, a brilliant, it had very much comedic value, but I was glad to hear from a DRD system that that was not just fabricated, that there's something that certainly can happen, albeit, you know, exaggerated in this instance. But uh, a big shout out to Jay Bird as well. Uh, thanks so much for all your thoughts on the DRD system too. Definitely. Very, like, very... That, that was okay. very funny, but also it's good to hear that, like, obviously they're hamming it up for the show. But yeah. uh, it's good to hear from another, you know, DID system that, like, yeah, uh, you know, it's television for sure. But it's nice to know that they're still portraying it kind of accurately. There's a realism to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and much props um, to uh, Isaac for being able to to like do that. Like just the way he, like fighting, yeah. your, <laughs> fighting yourself. You know, yeah. it, it was like it shows the the caliber of a, of, a, of an actor he is. Oh, he must awesome. have had. He must have had so much fun acting like that. Like, and even these little, I'm sure they're improv bits where he's going, oh, my fingers seem to be frozen. It must be the altitude. All this <laughs> kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, his little comments like that, you know, like, like, yeah. like, like the, oh, oh, anime. Like, this, he's like, kind yeah. of like, it's not like, it's not really like said, like he's reading a script. Yeah. It's, it's more like, no. it's kind of like, he's like, it's hard to explain, but it makes you feel like he's real, like a real person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I don't reckon it sounds like a defense him. mechanism. Like he's yeah. just trying yeah. to throw out some smoke screen to give him a little bit of leeway. I, I yeah, really like when Harrow finally just said, Steven, Steven, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Full on straight face, like, stop it. Like, can you imagine Ethan Hawke just cacking on the inside? Like, cause, um, cause Oscar's just acting so well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's little tidbits. Um, I just want to shout out a couple, um, just from the, again, the Facebook group, Raymond strong, um, guys, <laughs> he just got, did he just throw the gun? I mean, that was a, a really hilarious bit as well. <laughs> it was super funny. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think it might have been Rebecca was like, to be fair, the normal person in the UK doesn't use guns. Yeah. So he wouldn't know what to <laughs> do. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I didn't even think um, maybe he tried thing. to fire it, but the safety. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it shoots if you throw it. Yeah. <laughs> um, one uh, thing I wanted to say, um, I don't know if this has to do with the censoring of, of Disney or, or what the situation was, but. I want to say it's when he was inside that cupcake 
uh, truck. But <laughs> he says, mobile. Oh, he yeah. says, oh, shit. But he says, oh, and like, yeah, he mouths shit, but he doesn't say mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't know yeah. if they did that on purpose, like for the viewers or whatever, or, uh, or what? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about the writing. They do that a lot. I think they did that a lot yeah. in the Hawkeye show, too, where they'll they'll yeah. get close to swearing and then something will cut it off. Yeah. yeah. I could have sworn that they swore. Uh, in he, the show. he did was shit more. once or twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, they'll yeah. they'll do that to like lessen up on the amount of cursing they have. Yeah. Like what the fish. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Is there uh, any other uh, comments that you want to? I'm just kind of s- scrolling. Scrolling. Um, I got one about yeah. the scarab. Yeah. So, like, one of the things is, uh, like, on the list of like merch, you could buy the enamel pin of the crescent, and the scarab is called a compass. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's an interesting point that it's going to be used for like wayfinding to something, yeah. but also yeah. it looks like. Like from the infamous random bullshit panel. Yep. The scarab with the wings out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he's got the throwing irons, he's got the scarab out. Just I I thought that was amazing. So you're saying the scarab was was a compass in the in the okay, so think think about this. Okay, so that makes me think about the fact that there's there's fake ones and there's a real one. Maybe this is a real one that shows you something where a treasure mm-hmm. is or something yeah. but think about that show Na- national treasure i think it was yep where they had like you know they went and got like a fake constitution or whatever it was yeah yeah in order to to you know a replica in order to like replace it i think maybe mm-hmm. there's a possibility that they can use one of these these fake ones from from the from the gift shop or whatnot to, ah. to trick arthur into have thinking he has the real one or whatever yeah yeah, yeah, that's true as well. That could well be. I mean, it, it certainly is a, a a point of interest. I mean, for sure, Harrow wants that scarab as for what it does. It, it obviously has some value. Um, we've seen in the trailer as well, it, you know, it levitates, right? And, um, he's he's holding it, it levitates, it drops into his palm. Um, so he's got it somewhere. Um, I mean, like he, he's got a reason that he wants to um, to use it. But, yeah, good good pick up there, Chad, as well. Um, I'm so like the audit. Sorry, I'm sorry. Something else that was kind of crazy to me is okay. He went to the steakhouse. Um, mm-hmm. The um, his boss, uh, she she said something about him being a vegan and not yep. eating steak, right? But he went to yep. the steakhouse for his his date. Yes. Of course, he was in the wrong day or whatnot. So what happened is he ended up ordering the steak anyway. I didn't even think about it the yeah. first time. It didn't even come. To yeah, yeah. But yeah. the second or third time, I'm like, wait. He ordered it anyway, and he doesn't eat, well, yes. eat it. Well, and to go off that, what really hit me the second time is like. First of all, let me just say this. Obviously, I am biased because it's Moon Knight and I, yeah. I care about the character. I know what's going on. But like, I have never cared so much for a character within an hour of them being on screen than I did yeah. at that dinner scene. And a lot That's of that has to do really with the writing insane. and Oscar's yeah, yeah. facial acting when he is yeah. like oh, having really. his breakdown. Yeah. Um, it's just expertly done. And the first time I watched it, when he's ordering that steak, I just kind of took it as like, He's so disoriented and upset that he's just saying, fuck it. But the second time I watched it, there was a black comedy to it when you realize he does like, yes, he's having a mental breakdown, which is why this is so difficult. But he's also stumbling through what he's doing because he doesn't know how to order a steak. He's never. Yeah. 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 It's a a really wonderful play on black comedy. It's so well done. Yeah. It's like I'll have the good bit, like or the best. Yeah, bit. the good bit. Yeah, is that oh, well? Man, yeah, his, his well. facial expressions during that are unbelievable. 
I think it, it, it's I saw probably this one thing of the, Oscar yeah. said where apparently he has like an uncle who suffers yes. from really yeah. intensive uh, mental issues. And he watched mm-hmm. it with his uncle. And when they got yeah. through that scene, his uncle was weeping and it's basically like they, told him, like, that's how I feel. Yeah. And, it's and, like and I really hope this show yeah. does things for people who are struggling like this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a. It was. I think it's one of the the highlights and one of the best scenes. Um, you got, you know, in that that episode. Uh, well, it really and, hammers home how scary it would be to. Yeah. To, like imagine losing two days of your life. Yeah. Yep. And not like that would. Uh, and, it, it and, would the, and the fact, it and wouldn't the fact be, that he's, it would be, it wouldn't be funny. It would be extremely yeah. sad. And, and the fact that he's already socially awkward and he has this huge opportunity. Um, to go on a date with a, a very attractive woman. Very, yeah. Um, he's so excited. He dresses up. You know, he gets in front of the mirror. Um, he buys a box of chocolates, of flowers, and just to be crushed like that. You know, um, because a part of you would be blaming yourself because, like, why wasn't I there two days ago? Other part of you would be going, "Where did those two days go?" go? Yes, yeah, that's you the know? thing. Uh, like, if you do something yeah. wrong and you mess up a date, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. well, I messed that up. But yeah. to feel like you lost an opportunity that yeah. it was beyond your control of why it mm. was messed up like but yeah. then it is your control but it's not your control you know it's, it's like yeah it's gotta be a mind fuck for you know for yeah lack of a better word but yeah, it's yeah. like how like have like, any of you guys seen the theories that uh jake was the one who set up the date that yeah, might well, be i, I mean he, i assumed it was jake i mean steven well, because and, mark I mean, mark sorry mark would, sorry. if yeah. mark and layla were a thing which it seems like they were mm. mark wouldn't be looking for dates while he's in control that's a good point. And we all <laughs> know what Jake did to Steven with, with Marlene. Uh basically yeah. <laughs> on him and had a big mm. like that that's the craziest thing. Like 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 he he cheated on himself. He cheated on <laughs> I can't I can't put it into words. Like, yep. that was like the most craziest thing. Like, I know, I know. That was a absolutely uh crazy. I just I love the <laughs> idea of Jake being I love the idea of like because it you know, Jake's got some some asshole swagger, and I love thinking yeah. of Jake That's walking like through it. the museum, setting up this date, and then that yeah. woman coming up to to little dorky Steven when he what she talked to is Jake Lockley, and I can't yeah. imagine the contrast. And him and him suggesting the best steak in town, probably knowing Steven's a vegan as well, just to just <laughs> to, to you know mess with him. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a fantastic scene. No one, I, I, I can't wait till love Jake it. comes out. I can't wait. Yeah, Man. and and to see more of um, because Oscar has so, showed so much range already in this one episode. He's got so much to play with. Um, yeah, let's just wait and see. You know, if and when Jake turns up, it will be um. On the topic of Jake coming out, though, mm-hmm. do you think he'd also have his own Moon Knight persona? Like, that's would they reuse that mask that's a great question. Yeah, I, that's a I question. would love to see it. I mean, we've we've got to be surprised, right? Marvel don't give away everything. You know, we've got the costume. We've got Moon Knight already. We've seen Mr. Knight in the trailers. There's got to be something that they are just not telling us. I just want to see, bang, you know, episode six. And we're going, okay, my God. Um, so, yeah, Chad, I reckon there's a high possibility. Um, I'd love to see it too. Um, are you uh, shaking your head in a subtle cue? I'm not giving anything talks, away. How is having these talks knowing that you've seen three more episodes than us? Uh, all I can say is that, look, I, I am Gus, so memory is good <laughs> it, when there's a lack of it. So, um, but no, it is interesting. I, I am having to tread carefully, um, but it's, yeah, it's fun. I'm just living in the episode one moment again. It, it's fantastic. So, um, 
One yeah. thing I want to say real quick about when he was, remember when he was trying not to sleep and he was listening to those books or that ebook yep, yep. or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where it says, is there an exciting chapter you would like to be a part of? Yep. And at that point that it, I don't know how to say that word, in need, Ian, in the pops up like on the screen. Yeah. And it also shows him like taking his finger along the sub subtitle on that page. And it says something about the rift between man and God. So what do you reckon that means? Frank and, and Drew and Chad, what do you, maybe like the Khonshu, uh, I think maybe the Khonshu, uh, the missing pieces, like they're saying Khonshu, uh, maybe Khonshu, his, his altar of Khonshu, because Khonshu is kind of like one of his altars in a way, you know, mm-hmm. in a way too. No, yeah, yeah, it's, he's in his head as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. so like maybe he's saying that he wants to be part of that, or he needs to be part of that, or he should be part of that, or he's a part of it by being the avatar. I don't know, mm. but he, he went to that when it asked, "Is there a certain chapter you would want to be a part of?" Yeah, you know? it it certainly makes you think, doesn't it? I mean, it certainly does raise questions, and we've said as well, you know, what is real and what isn't. I mean, when Mark and Stephen first meet at the end of episode one. You know, Stephen's going, oh, this is not real. This is not real. You know, you're not real. Um, we don't know. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's very exciting. Also, I, I how that. good was that? Like, I didn't yeah. notice the first time that, like, he really is freaking out and smacking himself and trying to get himself yeah. out of it. And Mark, the, the way they did the sound where it's building and building and building. And Mark, yeah. somebody pointed this out uh, on one of the Facebook groups where, like, you don't yell at somebody who's having a panic attack, a panic yeah, attack. Yep. You don't talk down to them. You talk firmly and assertively and like a teacher. And the way Mark looks him straight on and he goes, Stephen, Stephen, listen to me. And you hear the soundtrack close off and go. Psh. Mm. And then yeah, he's like, he with a focus, let me save us. The yes. way they did that was wonderful. I, I yeah. love the, the let me save us bit. Cause again, I think I'm not sure if it was Lena or not mentioned the fact that, um, you can like alters can relinquish control. You know, it's generally a, a dialogue that they have, and it's not Mark demanding that he take over the body. Like he, he's actually asked Steve, it's in, him letting in a him direct know way, for the best can I? He does. Yeah, let let me do this. So I, I like that dialogue too. Yeah, um, the, the whole scene, that whole bathroom scene, was excellent. Like man, I was pumped. when that was... sink got thrown out, the, yeah, how fast miles an hour, I was like, "Oh, let's <laughs> fucking go!" <laughs> also, they yeah. never showed in the trailer then... when he. So first of all, the j- the jackal trying to escape the bathroom. Yeah, he gets dragged back. Like in. The, the way I've seen people put <laughs> yeah. it is that jackal is about to destroy this dude, and now he is seeing the one thing that the monsters are scared of. Yeah, yeah. That, and he throws him too. back and kicks him in the face. So I was like, yeah. "That is our Moon Knight right there." It yeah. is. It was beautiful to see because that thing look, that's a creature of the night that should have mm-hmm. no fear of anything. No, so it's a fear of him. Horrified. That tells yeah. you how like like powerful, strong, and and frightening. Yeah, like, and, it, and it also shows the that these monsters know what Moon Knight is, which is yeah. pretty yeah. cool. Yep, if it's you watch, uh, it, familiar. Yeah, in the comic books, all the time when people get into his mind, like that janitor and everything, once they mm-hmm. get into to to Mark's mind, they 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 can't deal with it you know no one can deal yeah. with that yes that's right yep and and so harrow like, as well when arthur harrow uses the scales to read stephen he says we've seen in the trailer there's chaos on you so yeah. i love that that callback that um no one he's a he's a, a particular case mark specter or stephen uh, there's just something about him that yeah um you know he's a, a bit of a uh unique wild one. card a wild uh, so card yeah 7 just said um 
monsters look under their bed for Moon Knight. <laughs> and uh, it kind of reminded me of in the Alice run when he hunts yes. down the boogeyman. And then yeah. you get to see the boogeyman begging for begging for mercy for Moon Knight. Uh, <laughs> I just am excited. Like, if this jackal from the depths of the underworld is terrified of Moon Knight, like, that means yeah. he has a reputation already. And yeah. I'm excited to see that. So, like, Mark already has a reputation amongst people as, like, the mercenary who's dabbling into their shit. Uh, clearly, mm. these, these monsters are quite terrified of Moon Knight as an entity. So, like, there's yeah. a lot of history being set up subtly, and I'm really excited to see what's been going on. Yeah, yeah I love Moon Knight. Like, I loved him for a long, long time. And I've always known that if if others were to, to, to really see what he's about, that they would love him too. Because, like, it's like, yeah. how can you not, like, love how, how great of a character, how in-depth it is, how many different yeah. angles it goes. And it's just, like, he's a perfect character to me. Like, there's yeah, no better nah. character, in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, this takes us to a good a good spot. I, I guess rounding out now, we'll, we'll better wrap up. But um, uh, I was going to say we'll go for three hours if we don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. I'm I mean, one. Frank, that <laughs> I say that was a that was a uh, fantastic summary. I guess of, of um, you know your thoughts on Moon Knight and stuff as well. Um, I like how I guess, we, without thinking on it, wrapped up at the end of the episode. <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah, exactly mm -hmm. as well. Um, just final thoughts. Uh, I'll go around as well, uh, Chad. Um, you know, final thoughts on the episode or what's ahead? Um, final thoughts. I thought it was a great depiction of a great story. Um, I don't think it's a particularly um, prime rendition of Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. That's just me. I enjoyed it a lot. Don't get me wrong. Um, but as far as where we're going, I think it's going to get a lot better because I don't see them just toying around with these concepts for one episode mm. and then getting no kind of uh, reprisal. Mm. So I think it's yeah. going to get better to my sensibility. But And then I think that long-term, we're going to have a lot of character maturity develop between the different alters, as well as I think that the on-brand with a lot of Marvel properties, the villain is going to see Zion and his morality. Because that's going to be the case everywhere you go. You know, Winter Soldier got a lot of like empathy and you know, changes, stances, mm -hmm. and that's just what they do. It's yeah. Yeah. No. Stereo. I mean, yeah, sure. A lot of exciting stuff ahead. And, um, you know, obviously, again, not giving anything away but yeah chad it, it's uh consistent it gets better or whatever it, it doesn't go bad don't worry don't worry i mean in the, the other episodes to come um it's yeah it's it's a great ride um yeah looking forward to, to seeing it again uh drew any final thoughts yeah i mean i obviously loved it and you know we've chatted a lot about this before like ray i i got into comics because i mean i was into comics my whole life just never really collected or deep dove into them and the mcu got me to finally do that and uh, so I have a lot of um, I have a lot of not disconnect, but like when the MCU changes things, I am less affected by it than a lot of the hardcore comic readers. So I understand mm -hmm. both sides. And uh, I just I really love what they're doing with it so far. I think they're doing it in a way that's the most appealing to people who don't know. Um, and I feel like they're going to continue getting better about the accuracy. And like I remember seeing a red carpet interview with the director Muhammad Diab and he straight up said like ultimately I want people to enjoy this because this isn't my show this is your show 
And I wanted to do the best I could to be right by the comic book fans. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't stay super accurate, I, you know, people like me, that's fine. As long as the story is good and well done, but uh, I'm really excited to see where it goes. And, um, knowing that and i know they just like to put this stuff out there for headlines and things about like not having contracts for this to be a permanent thing yeah um but i think that's a benefit for this because they knew to go balls to the wall all out yeah. making sure yeah. this was the hit that way if it doesn't if it doesn't continue after this that's fine because they nailed this first shot so i feel yeah. like they're gonna really do their best to knock it out of the park by the end of it better words cannot be spoken i hope so too but and i hope we get plenty more but you're right we're going to get quality stuff um for this first time going around uh frank as well yeah, any final thoughts um well one quick little thing is uh i just want to say this earlier but the delivery truck had the steering wheel on the on the left side like american style yes i'm wondering why that was um but good, then again it could be because of this catch could yeah. because like no everything's backwards oh no actually no sorry um uh, only the uk over in europe to have it on oh, the, really? on the okay. right hand side yeah all the other europeans yeah yeah have it on the okay. other side as well but actually, well, uh, yeah. i never knew that so <laughs> yeah. i didn't know i thought the whole world because i know how america's like you know we do everything different you know no no metric system no this no that we do no different. it's only australia and the uk we have the driving the steering wheel on the right side uh, okay. as, as far as i know it, from the western perspective um yeah i don't know the other countries gotcha. but yeah um, yeah like, yeah like same same here like me like i would I, I like like drew i i was never really into comics at all until moon knight because my buddy adam he was telling me like you know he told me about um luke cage and these other characters i might like and i liked them uh, but once i found moon knight um i was talking to you ray about uh, how like how that connected to me and mm -hmm. so i also don't really care much about when when the alternate story I mean, when the or origin stories don't match up i really don't care because i'm not really into all the other stuff as much but moon knight is like it's all i really care about so <laughs> this is the first time that things being changed uh kind of i got the effect of it but at the same time um knowing that that you have to make some changes for for movies and for shows uh and for new audiences to understand or grasp or whatnot I'm accepting of it and seeing where it goes. Like, like Drew said, if it's a good story, I'm gonna like it. You know, like if it's something's not perfect, or perfect like the comics, that's fine. Because, like, I mean, when it comes to comics, there's different writers, so everyone has their own perspective. So there's gonna yeah. be yeah. Somebody said in the Facebook group the other day, especially with Moon Knight, everybody who's written Moon Knight has written him a little bit differently. Yes, and this feels to me almost more so than a lot of the MCU shows. This feels like a comic book. Um, yeah. And it feels like a different writer's take on a character. Mm. Um, be, and I think a lot of that is because he's not necessarily tied to needing to force in the MCU references and to remind you of everything going on, which allows he's, them to just write a story. Yeah, yeah. He, cer he certainly has a lot more freedom um, in that regards. And the fact that, again, not being that well known. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a perfect mix, I think. And I think we're, we're really benefiting fresh. from it. Yeah, because exactly. Like, like a lot of, lot of, a lot of stories, <clears throat> a lot of stories when it comes to comic book movies and stuff and shows like it'll go perfectly with what the comic says some of them you know there might be little mm -hmm. changes but for the most part like you know what's going to happen next because you've seen it all you know you read, read it yeah. all already you know but this yeah. is good because i don't really know where this is going the, the actual villain is a villain but not the villain that not the same villain you know what i mean like yeah. it's not the same yeah, absolutely and you know with, with, different. with my full respect to the the diehard comic fans too i'm 
I'm really excited to see by the end of the season how they feel about everything because like mm. I understand where they're coming from um, too, and uh, it, I'm really interested to see if the way that they do things uh, appeals more so to the comic the comic diehards by the end of it. Yeah, I'm it, it exactly. out when I see these people who immediately write it off as dog shit because it didn't match yeah. what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're not putting up millions and millions of dollars to make this, so maybe just yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we'll we'll see, and that's exactly why we have um, why we have these panel discussions as well as reaction episodes. Um, so I can't wait as well to discuss it again towards the end um, after the episode six, just to get everyone's thoughts on it. Um, it's really fantastic. Thank you so much, Loonies, for for sending your thoughts in, uh, staying active, um, getting the the buzz happening, um, and and I'll. Uh, Guys, I'll have to thank you so much as well for coming on to the show too. Of course, uh, thanks for having us on the first one, man. Yeah, thank you for really having us. fun. Um, hope to have you on in in many future episodes as well. Um, we've got yeah, we've got as I mentioned, we've got panel discussions of uh, the show uh, shortly after the reaction episode. So we've got two ep two episodes worth every week uh, for this TV show, and we've got the comic coming out in in Wednesday yes. on Wednesday as well. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch the podcast grow for you, Ray. I really think it's going to to pop off over the next couple months. Yeah, oh, it's uh, it's been fantastic so far. It's exploded um, statistic-wise. Let's just say that's I'm very happy um, with that. Uh, having said that as well, thank you so much, everyone. Chad as well. Um, thank you so much. I know you got some work to do as well. Always more work. <laughs> yeah, as well. <laughs> um, Frank the Tank, uh, great to see you. Great to chat with you for the very first thank time. Obviously, welcome whenever, um, whenever we can make it work, and whenever you're keen. Whenever you need me on there, I'm down. I'm down. If, if I'm not at ah, work, I'm you down. Yep. Don't don't worry. And I've still got to teach you some Aussie lingo. So yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward uh, to it. <laughs> and turntables, uh, as always, uh, rock solid. I love your thoughts. Um, and uh, yeah, just so fun, just to chat with other Moon Knight fans. So man, um, it's it's. Uh, let me tell you, it's it. I'm sure my uh, my roommates and close friends are thankful that I got to get a lot of this out to people who wanted to hear it because <laughs> I've just been blabbing nonstop for a week to people that were interested but maybe didn't care this much. So thank you yeah. very much for having me on. No worries. You have a great outlet here. And uh, and a big thanks, uh, Chris, as well. Uh, great to have you on board as well, Chris. Great to get your thoughts. Uh, everyone's floored at your animation. So, um, you know, thank you so much for, for your contribution too. CMK7, Chris. I'm um, just saying yeah. that he can't wait for the next episode too. Uh, Loonies, I'm not going to bore you with all the um, the paperwork towards the end. Uh, it will be in the show notes. Uh, but a big thank you, of course, again to all our patronies. I want to say, I want to shout out their names. Uh, a couple of them here as well. Daniel, Drew, Frank, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, Russell, Michael, Mario, Gavin, and Matthew. Uh, huge thank you once again. Uh, our sponsors, as mentioned, check it out. They're flashing in big flashing lights in our show, uh, and we're part of the collective too. So go check out those other shows. A couple of comments there le left by the Tomes of Evil fellas and uh, Trapped in a World, and Howard the Podcast, Howard the Duck Podcast. Um, having said that, guys, thank you once again, and uh, and everyone may contribute. Watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Moonite and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. 
The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.